0: Truly the customer is king. And I know in today's world, sometimes that can be a little bit outdated mode of thinking, but it's all about customer service and taking care of your client.
1: Then I think the next thing it revolves around is your internal team. A little bit of fun, a little bit of work, and a little bit of paying forward the gifts that have been given you.
2: That was Beth Ann and Russ Brandon from Built Interior. And this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we will explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Welcome back to Guild Stories. I'm joined today by, man, I I think I'd say um, clients, friends, mentors, even as I've um, watched them run and build their businesses and, and the ways that they uh, lead lead people and care for people and build community. Um, so, without further ado, welcome to Guild Stories, Beth Ann Brandon and Russ Brandon, uh, partners at Built Interior Construction, and they do a bunch of um, a bunch of other things too. But really grateful for your time and thanks for being on the show with us.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
2: uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so. Jump us into um, the built interior story. Just kind of want to give um, some context to what you guys are doing today, and then and then we're going to wind you all the way back to the beginning in terms of where you grew up, how'd you how'd y'all meet, um, how'd you survive working together, all that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all that stuff. Fair <laughs> question. Uh, I'm gonna let you first. start, uh,
0: Russ. I, um, yeah. So the what we do here at Built Interior Construction is. <laughs> We sell this product. It's prefabricated commercial interior walls is what it is. It's got a funny brand name called Dirt, spelled with two T's. Two T's. And um, anyway, in Beth Ann and I's travel, uh, travels, we've always p- kind of held dirt up on a pedestal. Mm. It's, it is the Cadillac of the industry. It's the mm. caterpillar of the industry. It's the best. Um, anyway, so um, we had an opportunity to become a, dirt distribution partner and our the, the local rep here. And then Dave Anderson, who was also our partner got yeah. together and hatched this thing and said, you know, we need to get some other people involved. And I don't, at that point we had Dave's sister-in-law working for us and she told us about it. So we went and met with Dave and Carrie, and this is the, kind of the abbreviated version. yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we met with Dave and Carrie, and we liked everything that that we heard about it. And Bethann and I sat down, and we, we talked about what we thought it might take to invest. And we told mm-hmm. Dave, say, you know, for us to do this, we think it's going to take this much money. Mm-hmm. And at best, we're good for half of it. So you <laughs> need to go get us an investor. <laughs> and we really didn't know where that was going to head, Right. Whatever. Well, this I, is when, roughly. What th- year? This would have been in fifteen.
2: Two thousand fifteen. Okay. I yeah. think. 15, yeah.
0: Fifteen. Yeah. 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 It, and um, so, um, Dave Anderson is closest friends with Mark Brandmeyer, mm. and you know, which we didn't know Mark at the time, but anyway. So we tell Dave, said, "You need to get us an investor." Well, man, Dave calls us the next day, goes, "I got your money," and I'm like, "There's no way <laughs> this is happening." I said, "This no one works that fast." Anyway, we met with Mark. Um, we had good, good vibes there yeah. and knew that that could work out, um, and so embarked on the journey. We went to the industry trade show up in Chicago, mm. followed by a trip up to the factory, then followed by trips, everybody dispersed out and went and talked to different dirt dealers mm. in the countryside mm. and said, you know, tell us the truth. Tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly about mm. dirt. You know, everything's always... Yep. The best when you meet them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and we want to know what we're getting into. Long and short, we decided we'd take the plunge, mm. um, and we started up here in Kansas City. Now, we were fortunate uh, as a bootstrap company, mm. right? Um, the feeling.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, BA Designs at the time had a showroom here, actually, in our in this space. This was the BA Designs Kansas City showroom. And um, so we had phones, we had desks, we had computer support. So it really made opening a new company up really easy. Um, anyway, that's
2: great. That's great. And for those who don't know, BA Designs, what um, what what is BA Designs, and what were, what was operating here at that point?
1: Sure, I'll go, go. Yeah, go ahead. So BA Designs, I started in um, 1995. That's amazing. And um, home base was Topeka, Kansas. But I think it was 2009 we decided we Mm. just really needed to expand to Kansas City. So we went on that journey to expand to Kansas City. And I have to admit, you know, it didn't quite work out how you wanted it to work out. Mm. You know, so it's kind of one of those life journeys where you go, hmm, you know, we're not making the kind of ground in this territory. There's lots of great Mm. competitors that we would like to make. So therefore, we saw you know, kind of a little unfortunate, a little bit of a revolving door of employees mm. and just couldn't get the ground, our feet in the ground here mm. that we wanted to. Mm. So we knew we needed to do something different. Yeah. So that's kind of went on the journey to see what that different would be, you know, for our Kansas City location. And that's when we happened to come across the dirt opportunity. So, that's awesome. you know, again, at first it was going to, be incorporated as part of BA Designs. Mm -hmm. And then the more we thought about it and Mm -hmm. truly talked to people, a standalone um, opportunity seemed to be the better way to go. Um, So that hence we started a completely different company called Built Interior Construction at the time. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. Um, And we're going to hear all about, all about Built and what you guys are up to uh, here in a bit. But first um, tell us where each of you grew up, where did your paths intersect um, what was, what were the early years like for y'all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> start. You want me to go? Or you want to start? I can. <laughs> All I can. Right.
1: So anyway, I'm born and raised in Topeka, Kansas, okay. and, uh, went to the university of Kansas, have a degree in, uh, bachelor of fine arts and in interior design. And I started out here in Kansas city after, um, college, um, really just down the street. Just a that's block, what, a yeah, block. Oh, awesome. down the street. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, so when we had an opportunity to get this space on McGee Street. In the crossroads like, before it was exactly, cool. Exactly. Yeah, 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 that's right. I'll take this space. Uh, but anyway, started here in Kansas City, um, was here for about five years, and then ended up moving back home. And so had a couple of different opportunities within Topeka that lasted a couple years um, for me. Um, the work ethic, um, where I was at was not what I, um, thought a work ethic should be, you know? So then I started down this journey, um, and I, one day I just said to my dad, I, I think I want to open up a business. And he was very grateful. He said, well, there's an empty office. We had a family business, Martin Tractor Company, because there's an empty office in the engine building. You can go have it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll take that office. <laughs> and my mom said, Oh, I'll help you do your books. I'm like, Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, done. So anyway, if it, everybody could start a business that simple, um because nobody really told me the ugly part of oh, it. Because it seemed to be so easy at the time. But I did as I the think year- if we I think if we knew the ugly, we probably wouldn't have done exactly. it.
0: Exactly. No, absolutely. But as the
1: years evolved, uh, I had a wonderful team at Martin Tractor Company to help me through the rough times mm. and and mm. teach me what I didn't know, which was mm. a lot. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's kind of my background. And I'll let Russ... That's awesome. Switch over to yeah. yours.
0: So I I... Man, I've done a lot of stuff in my life. <laughs> um, I I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. Right, my folks were uh, separated when I was seven. Got mm. divorced, and we moved back to Lawrence, and um, grew up um, with my best friend Neil McCullough. Right, mm. we've been in school together since first grade, mm. and um, times passed. And during high school, we both had our jobs. His mom ran a very successful residential interior design. Mm company. Mm. And they came, um, what their family, family's business was, was Dylan's grocery stores. Oh, they were yeah, all sure. very involved from her dad to her brother's. Um, but anyway, so she was an entrepreneur, had her own store. Um, I had done a stint in high school of working at a small business, at a small engine repair shop. Mm. And so that was a trade that I learned and knew. Um, and my friend Neil and I just knew that we always wanted to have a business, mm. right? And so... After I got let go from the small business, the small engine company, I was working at the one hour photo shop, right? This <laughs> was back hard. when people oh, had, yeah. to, had to get their, their film developed, yeah. right? And so Neil would come by every day, you know, on the far side and he'd bring me some French fries from Wendy's and a Coke, right? And we'd talk business and then I'd deal with the clients on the other <laughs> side. And I'm very good at spelling names. Because that's what I had to do. I had to write it down on uh, the deal, uh, right? So, anyway, um, awesome. Neil and I hatched this plan. We were going to start our own business and uh, a small engine business. Mm. And um, we started it uh, our senior year of high school. Whoa. And so we would work after school on Saturdays and Sundays, is what we did. Mm. And we rented this little building from Wicks uh, Lumber out that was, it's where the Tanger Outlet Mall is in Lawrence okay, now, yeah, right? That yeah. used to be a lumber yard and they had a little demonstration building. We rented that building for 300 bucks a month. And we were like, oh, how are we ever going to pay for this? <laughs> what have we done? Right. But uh, classic startup mm. desk was a uh, couple of used two drawer files with a door on top of it. Right. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And had fenced in lot. You know, we got good traction mm. and we kind of modeled things after her mom, which was all about customer service. Take care of the customer. Take care of the customer. Do the right thing always. And, and um, it turned out great. Mm-hmm. Now, Neil and I, uh, I decided I was off to other things after about six years. and But Neil kept that business and really yeah. just sold it two years ago. Whoa. And, um, and he was the gold standard in the region. I mean, if you needed a mower fix, you'd call Fleetwood and rental. Yeah. That's so awesome. anyway, so always have had entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. All my grandparents mm. were all business people. Mm. One was a grocer. One was an insurance salesman. I mean, mm. so. That's cool. Kind of, kind of just what I like to do. That's and, awesome. Uh,
2: Where did y'all intersect? Where would your paths cross or, <laughs> or how? I'll, I see the smiles. I'll, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell this
0: story. And so, you know, at one point, and and this was my first foray into interior design. Mm-hmm. Is I did work for Neil's mom, mm-hmm. and I installed blinds and drapes, and hung pictures, and did all kinds of stuff for her as well as fixed lawnmowers. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so, renaissance man, bro. So anyway, one one night, and at this point, I wasn't working for Jane full time. She was getting ready to wind down, and I was uh, working as an assistant manager at a body shop, right? But I was I went and I was going to do some work a client of hers. I'm in this client's bathroom. I'm hanging a mirror. And Katie says, you know, and, and at that point I had just been divorced. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, um, Katie says, Hey, I've got this friend, you know, who's single and maybe you guys ought to go on a date. Would you do that? And I'm like, yeah, hell I'll do anything once. <laughs> and, um, anyway, Katie set us up on a blind date and, and, and I mean, the rest is history, but, uh, awesome yeah yeah it's a, it's a good story that's and I mean it's funny the first date um that that couple that set us up they had sold some property we went to uh I forget the name of the place I think it was Dos Ombres I, yeah I can drive there yeah, yeah it was Dos Hombres at the time and man it was on with tequila shots <laughs> and I mean that's the one thing I mean I you know Obviously, in high school, probably drank some stuff I shouldn't have. Tequila's one of them. Had a bad tequila high. I can't stand tequila, right? <laughs> but it's like I'm going to have to drink this because I can't puss out in front of this girl, right? So anyway, <laughs> it was all my like tequila shots, and
2: eh, anyway, <laughs> that's great. It all worked out. That's good. That's a side. Exactly. That's a sidebar.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. How how so? You have clearly made the intentional choice to. um intersect your personal and work lives um working together working around each other like how has that journey been Uh, obviously um there's probably like everything ups and downs and challenges and and payoffs and and things that that are super helpful and amazing to be together in and also like oh man it's really challenging and tough so describe that that journey of uh of work work partners not just life partners
0: I'll
1: start. How's that? (laughs) I think we're very fortunate. And I think due to Russ's kind of history as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, obviously working for an interior designer, you know, as I decided to start a business, we had some commonalities there. And so for us, you know, I'm the one even who asked him to leave his job that he had as a, you know, a body shop manager. Yeah. And yeah. that was, I think, 1999.
0: Wow. You know,
1: I was like, you know, I just, I don't want to do this by myself. Mm. Will you please leave your job mm. and come open up the install side of our organization? You know, and it has been, you know, for us, I think, uh, I shouldn't, I'll let yeah. you comment, really a joy to work with each other every day. I don't You know, I think there's been irritations for my children over the years that um, we were um, a family that both parents worked for the same company because we would chit-chat over business (laughs) at dinner. And there would be times when they would really threaten us and say, well, we won't go to dinner with you unless you...
2: Quit talking about work. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. yeah.
1: You know, and I think there's been, again a couple of intense times with our employees as Russ and I disagree on something. And they're like, "Uh, should we be leaving the room right now?
2: (laughs) I'm team Brandon for the record, you know, and,
1: uh, (laughs) but we always have had a way to be able to work through what we don't agree on. Mm. Um, we don't take it home. I mean, we don't really take it home with us and we leave it truly pretty much at the office. Um, and then once we get home, I think we have the other than occasional let's chit chat about whatever this might situation might be, but we try to leave it as best as we can. So,
0: yeah, and we do a good job. We do a good job of that. Um, And what we've worked together now for,
1: well, since 99, 99.
0: so 24 years. That's great. And it's, it's, it's been a great ride. It's been a great ride. So I think that just as in marriage, uh, it's it's having commonality. Sure makes it a lot easier. And you know, back to the core root of anything that we've ever done, of any job Beth Ann's had and then either did, decided they didn't like the way they do business and left, every job I've ever had, it is all reserved around, re- revolved around customer service. Mm-hmm. And truly the customer is king. And I know in today's world, sometimes that can be a little bit outdated mode of thinking, but it's all about customer service and taking care of your client. Mm. So
1: I think that, and that, then I think the next thing it revolves around, it kind of, it's, it's kind of both um, is your internal team, mm. you know, cause you aren't anything for your customers You're, if you don't have a great internal team, mm-hmm. you know? So I really feel like, um, you know, whatever business we've been, you know, having or working on at the time, um, we are only as good as the internal team or our teammates. Um, they truly are our work family, um, and they are as important to our success. You know, are yeah. the most probably important thing. Exactly, to our success.
0: They're, they're they're the most important thing. And You're,
1: so it's just finding that balance of you know. Fun, you know, a little bit of fun, a little bit of work, you know, and a little bit of paying forward the gifts that have been given you. So,
2: right, it's well said. Uh, it's been uh, we've obviously kind of been close, not day to day in the in your business, um, but close enough to your story through the pandemic and the changing work environment, and the all of a sudden everybody's working from home. I, I've really respected how open-handed yet, um, yet deliberate, you've made choices around your own internal team dynamics and how that's had to shift for all of us. Right. But, um, the intentionality in which you've, um, continued to uphold culture, continued to uphold the, uh, the meaning and the purpose beyond just people getting paychecks. Right. Like I, I think, um, you, you I've admired and, and and learned even from the ways you all have, have approached some of those decisions because they haven't been easy um, and, and I'd just be curious to hear how how some of how you all made some of those decisions how you wrestled with some of it how you went from pretty you know day to day together to like now everybody's <laughs> now everybody's like doing their own thing and I, I had my own kind of you know journey there too and so I'd just be curious to hear um, Cause it is, your team is amazing and it's, um, it's been so cool to work with them. Um, and they are quite literally the lifeblood and the, and the, the reasons for the success y'all have. Um, so I'd just be curious to hear like how you worked through all that stuff. Cause it's been super complicated for everybody.
0: You know, um, once the pandemic hit, right, nobody knew exactly what they were getting into. You just knew that everybody was going home and working from home. Right. Um, and, and working on that principle that our people are everything. They make you who you are. You want to take care of them, and you want to make them happy. Uh, and, and you want them to be comfortable at work. So we did make the choice. At one point, we were going to go ahead, and everybody could work remote from home. Um, to do that, we went ahead, and we bought them all the same gear that they had here at the office. We bought them big double monitors and got them docking stations, bought new computers so they could travel with them in between, um, and I, you know, like I said, making them comfortable was most important. And then, as things started to quasi return to normal, uh, right? For what, about a five seconds. <laughs> and, and and what and what will that ever be? Right. 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 What will that ever be? Um, you know, it's we. The goal, the stated goal that we've always had is we'd love to return, you know, the goal is to get back to five days a week. Mm. In reality, um, we do three days a week. Mm. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm. We have a super responsible group. They get mm. their job done. And if they want to work from home on Mondays and Fridays, that's fine. Yeah. You know, you take a project manager, for instance, they're out in the field a lot of the time anyway. Mm. So they're not necessarily in the office. You take any of our business development people. Um, you know, if they're in the office, they aren't out doing their yeah, job. Right. Um, so and then the designers have been good. You know, if we have meetings on a Monday or Friday or whatever, they're they're wherever they need to be. Um so I you know, it's it's kind of morphed. I don't you know, we made some decisions, but uh, I don't know. I maybe, think maybe a little bit by the seat of our pants. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Like everyone was. Well, like yeah. Every, like, yeah, sure. Like sure.
2: everybody. But I,
1: th- I think you know, for me, it has always been, um, you know, being around your colleagues is, you know, how you collaborate, how you move, you know, your business forward. Um, so for me, I'm not working around my colleagues is a is not fun. You know, I. I, you know, at one point in time, I said, well, if I can't go into the office, maybe I should just go be a greeter at, you know, Home Depot, (laughs) because I need Need that energy. I need it. It, You know, I love to bounce ideas off of people. I love to get their opinion. Um, I don't want to be a one man show. That is not fun for Mm. me. So I think different people have different personalities. Mm. And for me, it's Mm. torturous not to be around my colleagues, Mm. Mm. um, because I love to feed off their you know, their ideas, their creativity. Um, so anyway, it was hard for me and I really think we've got a nice balance so that we can see each other each week. Um, but then appreciate, you know, that hybrid model that lets some people be some home and do some, you know, really what they perceive some really, um, good work time to get stuff done Mm -hmm. where sometimes the work environment doesn't permit that as much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I was just going to say the one, one thing and you know, I don't have any data to quantify this. I just, I (laughs) I know how much work that we did and the number of projects that we did um, you know, during the pandemic and even worker, I actually think production, production productivity was up working from home because hmm. um, I think people just got up and Did pulled their hair back got yeah. a, cup, a cup of coffee and hell they were yeah. at their computer at seven o'clock yeah. Yeah. instead of having to get, get ready up and, yeah. and then get yeah. ready and then drive to work
2: Yep. right yep so, yeah it's it's um, <laughs> in my unhealthy places which of which <laughs> I have many um, I uh, it, this was even a couple weeks ago I mean our, our business quite literally like we have to create things that that connect to folks. And, um, so the, the, and I said this comment to our, to our leadership team, I was like, I feel like we're trying to schedule creativity because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Oh, we got a freaking zoom meeting at three and we got this brainstorm meeting at two the next day. And I'm like, where to your point, Bethan? like where's the spontaneity and the energy and the, the right. being around. And, and it has, I think, created lots of wonderful Russ to your point. Um, better habits, better system, better, better ownership of calendars where people can, um, do their best work when they're at their best. And, and then I think there's like all things, there's trade-offs and consequences that maybe are, uh, are unintended at times. Um, but thankfully our team pushed back on me. They're like, Hey, like you, you want the best people in the city to work here. They're not going to go sit in a, Office five days a week and be there at seven o'clock and not ever get to leave and right like you, you we need um, that flexible and and it's interesting because you know quite literally you guys are in um, in the space business right. and and the, the it's changing right like it's and I'd love to hear your thoughts kind of outside of of your team but the the trends and the what's happening in corporate America, what's happening right. in Kansas city, what's happening in the Midwest around adaptable, flexible space, the quite like the physical space and what that, how that still is meaningful. Cause my kind of to bring it full circle is like, when we are together now, um, it does feel more special. It does feel more right. intentional. And, and, and it's not that, um, Space won't ever be a thing again. Right, <laughs> it's actually right, right. quite the opposite. It's like, man, how much, how, how much more meaning and purpose and intentionality can you design in buildings, in office environments, in flexible work environments? So, I'd just be curious to hear, like, as you guys have surveyed the horizon, yeah. what's happening with space? What's what's taking place?
1: I'll will start. Yeah. I th- I think we we hear, uh, you know, currently, this hybrid is here for mm-hmm. to stay, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. Um, Because, again, I think everybody's finding that balance between being able to do some work at home and being able to be in an, you know, an office environment. So I think what we're hearing or I'm hearing um, in the interior design world is that we're going to have to create spaces that bring people together. That's right. You know, to really help, you know, that emphasize collaboration, you know, emphasize the creativity. You know, how are we taking that journey you know, of ours to the next level. Mm. Um, And also, which I think is interesting, because if you ever thought told me I would be creating spaces um, so that my employees have an experience when they come to work, I would have thought, oh, really? (laughs) You know, but, you know, it's it's that experience of, you know, do they come in for a yoga class or do they come in for, um, you know, a workout or... What is the experience that we want to create um, a cooking class um, that you're going to have in your space so that your employees will come in that day um, because they want to learn about cooking or good nutrition? You know, it's that experience that will bring them in that, again, will help you collaborate and be a better team together, which, again, is unique, um, but I think it's fun and challenging at the same time. So, anyway... I'm up for some cooking classes. (laughs) Same (laughs) deal, yeah. And and uh,
2: it's—I'm with you, Russ. There's not scientific evidence to my rambling here, but the—the anecdote and the experience of our at least small company is that nine out of ten businesses we work with or talk to, their number one goal is—is shifted from like, hey, we got to find new customers and grow revenue. Of course, everybody's trying to do that, but they're going, hey, we have to recruit and retain the best people in the region city world whatever the the space is because everybody's now got so so many different options the 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 labor and the talent um, pool is it's shifted from like uh, dominated by the corporate thing to be able to say nope you're going to come here and sit your butt right here and do the thing and check the box to now people are going wait a second I, it's opened people's mindset to no, I could actually work for a company from Chicago, right here in my living room in Lenexa or whatever. So I'd just be curious how you're how you're helping clients navigate that.
0: Yeah, I I back to Beth Ann's point about building out interiors that are are really special places that enhance one's experience when they come to work. I think that what we're going to see um, over the course of the next decade is that you're going to look at these companies right that have hundred thousand square feet over three floors. And they figured out over the last two and a half years, their profits are the same or up. And they've had very many, they've had 10% staffing. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a hundred thousand square feet? Right. And I know that that sounds scary for a company like me because I build those hundred thousand square right. feet jobs right. out. Um, but I think companies are going to, you know, what I sell is a little, you know, on the front end, mm-hmm. um, It's not inexpensive, Mm. uh, but it can create very unique spaces Mm. that people want to be in. And so I'm hoping that we're going to have an uptick is I think that clients, when they do start scaling back, Mm. they're going to build something that's a lot more special than just a white box (laughs) with a bunch of cubicles in it, right? Because they're going to have to be able to, like you said, retain the employees that they've got. And then how do you attract new ones? And and it is going to be it's going to be tougher and tougher.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh, I'd be curious some of the, um, and I don't know what you can or can't share, but the, the some of the projects you're working on are even so much more unique than they were 18 months ago when we first started working together. I mean, you're talking about building timber, small house thing. Like, yeah. I mean, I just think it's like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's not a res- Of course in the moment, it maybe feels restrictive or scary, but actually, it's opening, I think, mindset and business and um, the ways that space really does matter. And it, and it to your point, Bethany brings um, the experience of the employee to their customers. Like, even for us, we're like, no, let's meet at the built space instead of y'all coming up because it's like that your office is amazing like those You're freaking fine. blue tw- swirly doors in the conference room <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> like <laughs> those it's are, uh, those are pretty cool yeah and and, and it, you just you quite literally feel something when you come in and and i know you you all are intentional about every every single detail and so um i'd just be curious you know are there um uh, other examples of the way whatever it is healthcare or construction or uh, things are people are thinking about space differently
0: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll throw one example out there. In the healthcare arena, um, and obviously throughout the pandemic, mm-hmm. and even even pre-pandemic uh, and post-pandemic, healthcare happens to be a vertical market that just, mm-hmm. you know, has a tremendous amount of resources and money. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a clinic uh, that, that was a – and we did the complete interiors – down in Wichita, it was for Spirit Aerospace. And it, t- just to what I was speaking about, building a, a space to retain and attract employees and it had to be something special. The whole thought process behind that went, went beyond, you know, retaining your employees that you had. It was building a space that was very special, so when patients come in, right, it's concierge medicine, mm. and, and everybody is doing this now. We do the same thing for SpiraCare mm. here in Kansas City. Uh, the spaces look amazing, mm. right? You go into a patient room, and there's a TV behind glass, so a doctor can re- review your charts on it or go over something, you know, if you've got a condition, he wants to explain it to you. It's things like that that are just, you know, once again, it's it's not the good old basic box that you used to go to an exam room yeah. right um, and they've got colorful graphics and they're mm. they're inviting places that make you feel calm and relaxed mm. when you go there so when they take your blood pressure it's not off the charts <laughs> like like you <laughs> know like right. mine always is right <laughs> um and so it's it's transcending into every every market but it's building out a space that's that's special but anyway healthcare is a good one yeah, for us that's awesome. that we do a lot of
2: that's awesome. Yeah, what, the, the one project in my mind that, that we, again, we're grateful to be part of telling the story is the Kansas City Symphony and the, the Webster House <laughs> renovation. I know you guys were partners with some super talented folks on, on that project. But just even to think of the the community uh, be, beyond the like helping companies grow and make money, that that's amazing and, and should always be a, a focus, right? But um, that community asset of even the way that – that uh, that whole project um, just screams integrity and character and yeah. and heritage and legacy and um, it, it's it, that was a, a really neat thing I think to to watch your team go in and um, be a community partner even
1: yeah historic preservation's are really special to be a part of and I think whenever you can mm. be a part of that it, it's really kind of a blessing mm-hmm. to take. A beautiful space and you know resurrect it and you know let it be new again and i i happened in my lifetime to be part of the 10 year um, preservation of the state capitol in mm-hmm. in Kansas and we worked on that project you know along with the contractors for 10 years jeez and it is a beautiful building and it has a beautiful story to tell and when you get to be a part of these it just really I think, like you say, it's something special. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have been part of the state capital renovation, mm. to see the kind of talent that was on that job site um, to make that building come back to life again. Um, so anyway, that's amazing. I, I think whenever you have an opportunity, um, go for it, because it, it pays back tenfold, um, you know, just being part of the project. Mm. You bet.
0: Example. You feel good when you drive by. Yeah. It's like. I was part of that. yeah, that's pretty cool. That's
2: awesome. Um, shifting gears real quick to the and we've hinted at this uh, in in the conversation, but um, the the lessons you know now in in business ownership that maybe uh, weren't in the playbook from the beginning or weren't on the the, uh, the, the 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 cliffs notes or the uh, table of contents, that's what I'm looking for. Um, but as as you guys sit here today, you know, from ninety nine on, what are if if people are how could you pay it forward in terms of lessons learned or um, hardships survived <laughs> or like what what are some like oh man I didn't know this and if you're thinking about starting something you should be mindful of X Y Z what, what what would a couple stories or ideas come to mind?
1: We start. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of them. Let's put it that Same. way. Yep. <laughs> um But I, I think hope. you know I, I have a chance every year I. I go out and visit with J JA students at the mm. the middle school, you know? And I think, you know, the key thing of, of I feel like why we start a business is because we have a passion for it. And so if you don't have a passion for something, then I say, you know, don't go down the path because it is a lot of hard work. And I think that's part of the conversation is it's a lot of hard work, not just Monday through Friday, but seven days a week. Um, and then I, I think the key thing too, that I, I ask young people if they want to um, be entrepreneurs, you know, for me is learn from your lessons, you know, don't be afraid of it. You will fail. And that's a good thing. Cause you want to learn from your failures. And the next thing I, I, I say is, you know, be respectful every single day and not of your, not just your customers, but obviously of your work team that hello and thank mm. you and appreciate you being here, being respectful every day mm. will add to your, you know, your success. Mm. Um, and and then again, I'm a big one on paying it forward. Um, I do. I do feel like, you know, you do have these, you know, um, wisdom mm. gifts that you've been blessed with for 24 years in business. And um, take those gifts and that wisdom and share them with somebody else. And so that's kind of my next journey is just truly trying to, because I'll, I'll share my failures every <laughs> single day of the week with anybody who wants yeah. to listen to yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, there are many, yeah. um, but it, those failures at the same time were a gift mm-hmm. um, to learn from. And, and to be a best a better person from so
2: so good and, and yeah fa- the failure itself means that you were trying <laughs> like the failure yeah. means like yeah. hey you took a step you did something you moved forward you you uh stood for something you tried you gave in an effort and you bet like the failure isn't isn't final right like the failure is a is a wonderful and sometimes hard but gracious teacher absolutely <laughs> for sure absolutely. i love beth i love your be respectful comment it might be the the turning 40 part of me uh, over the last year or two of like man how how many relationships from my 20s are now cycling back and being even the way we met andre davis right like i met andre eight years ago and then the the relationships and that kindness and that that connection and that respectful um, professionalism—that stuff pays off. And a twenty-five-year-old version of me wouldn't have believed that. Uh, this version of me is like, oh my gosh! Like thinking in decades, not just days, um, is has has been an enlightening, you know, journey for me too. Russ, what would you add?
0: Yeah, I, I to to Beth Ann's point, you know, it's it's going to be back to employees, mm-hmm. and when you get to that point, uh, you've started your business you've decided you're going to grow it and you have to hire people to taking care of your people. Mm -hmm. Um, beyond being respectful, be grateful every day. Mm -hmm. Um, hire your folks, hire the best you can. Mm -hmm. They, they make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and once you hire them, get out of their way and let them do their job. Mm -hmm. And, and to everybody's point that's been talking here today, they're going to fail. Um, and it's whether they learn from it Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and if they're not failing, they're probably not doing anything. Um, but yeah, anyway. That's well said. You know. That's well said. But, but like I said, take care of your people. Uh, servant leadership. Um, one thing that, that we've always been big on, don't ever ask your people to do something you're not willing to do, right? Um, if I say – go get them, hop and mop the floor. Is it something they've seen me done, mm-hmm. seen me do? And the
2: answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's right. And anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, last question before we wrap. I, I'd just be, well, it's actually, it's it's two. two I lied. I always say one, it's two. <laughs> um, the, the non-work parts of you uh, look like what? Like what, what makes y'all come alive outside of the, the work stuff?
1: For me, family. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm one of four kids, mm. and we had a family business growing up, and we have Sunday lunch every Sunday Whoa, together. That's awesome. And my grandmother started it when I was obviously a baby, and it's a gift that for me is mm. precious beyond all words. You know, and so for me, my joy outside of work um, is family.
2: Mm awesome. Yeah, Thanks for sure.
0: Yeah, it'd be the same for me. I mean, at the end of the day, if everything else goes away or goes bad, you can lean on your family. So, um, and beyond that, I I do like to have a fly rod in my hand. <laughs> I was hoping be, that would be, come out and be standing in the middle of a stream somewhere or on the bank of Lake Will Yeah, what have you? I do like to do like to fish.
2: I, I love that. I'll, I have to tell the story. I, I know I've written about it on LinkedIn, but <clears throat> we came, excuse me, we came here for a, for a meeting. And, and as I do, I rambled about something about our kids or whatever and told the story of, and maybe even, I think Russ showed you a bunch of random pictures of our son pulling catfish out of yes <laughs> uh, Lake Wacomus up north uh, where my in-laws live. <clears throat> and, and then it led to the next conversation, the next conversation. And then one time we were here and there's a, there's a literally like, beautiful, quasi brand new, um, fly rod with my name on it. And I was like, man, I am choking up even now telling the story. Um, and it was you going, Hey, I've got plenty of these, like give this teacher son out of how to fly fish. And, and those, um, those that, that generosity, that, um, connection to back to your point, the, the experience of another, um, human and individual and to know their story and to care about their story and then to look at your own stuff and be like, Hey, take this and make memories with yeah. it. Um, is, is wonderful. And so thank you guys again for your, your thoughtfulness. You bad. Uh, okay. Final five, let's do it. So, uh, I prepped you guys. So hopefully, um, these aren't <laughs> super terrifying or, or hard questions. Um, but first question, and I don't remember the order in which I, I sent them to you. Um, and I think I, I, I get these out of order at, That's at times. okay. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So uh, what's the last book or a meaningful book that you've read or listened to, each of you?
1: So the last book I read was um, None Stood Taller, mm. and it was a World War II um, book about mm. um, just people in the – it was a British – a British I think it's S, SEO – um, what they did um, to help huh. um, the United States truly with D-Day and all the different battles that happened as an underground mm. um, source with the British government. Um, so anyway, I've been reading a lot of World War II um, French Renaissance, y- y- you know, books lately. That's kind of for some reason my that's awesome. I knew. Kind of into that greatest generation.
0: Yes,
2: exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I love it, Russ.
0: Totally. Really, the last meaningful book I read is a book called Mayhem 337. Mm. And it's a story of a Sergeant Chad Rickard from First Division Mm. out of Fort Riley. And he, you know, he he was in the infantry Mm. and he had an opportunity to become an ETT, an embedded training technician. And um, and what that means is that when he got to Afghanistan, he'd take a group of Afghan soldiers, mm. right, to the Fort Observation Base, and he would train them how to soldier, right, how how to how to maneuver, how to shoot the guns, and I just, and he talks about his time at Fort Riley, mm. and uh, we've done, I mean, a whole lot of work at Fort Riley. I mean, we've been all over that place, mm. and probably spent time there while he was there, actually. And anyway, I just, I had to laugh and I told Beth Ann about it. It I'm reading this one passage in the book. They get up to the Ford observation base the first time. And I mean, the landing pad is like at 8,500 feet. And then the Ford observation base is up from there for about a quarter of a mile, right? And he's rucking all this stuff up there and he makes the comment. He goes, at this moment, I was regretting. All of the dinners I'd had at Famous Dave's in Manhattan, <laughs> which which I have eaten with a number of soldiers. There. That's cool. Anyway, but just tell us his story. That's so so. Cool. That is anyway. So cool. It's a
2: good book. That's awesome. Uh, I I know you all are always dressed quite professionally, so maybe you don't have a good answer for this one. But uh, your favorite T-shirt on maybe like a low-key Saturday or the Sunday lunch. What's your go-to T-shirt? uh
0: i'll i'll start this and you're to start and, on and, this and, one. and you're <laughs> you're gonna laugh my
2: favorite t-shirt
0: it's what i've got on underneath this t-shirt it's a white v-neck boom jockey boom that's it <laughs> I, love I mean and and like if you i i could show you a picture from the lake my favorite lake from last summer it's picture, me and Beth yeah. Ann, and it's in the I white got, tee It's what i've got it. on man i love it man yeah. i love it
1: I, I have to laugh about two years ago i don't know stars started coming out wearing white V-neck tees and he's look like I am the trendsetter. (laughs) And I'm like, I really don't think you're the trendsetter. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I don't think you can call yourself that. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, again, my favorite t-shirt and I don't want to say, I'm not going to say white, any color of it, you know, just Mm. a, I'm not a, uh, something Mm. that has any kind of message on it. I'm just a plain, Yep. Good t-shirt. So. I love it.
2: I love it. Yep. Uh, what would y'all do right now if you weren't afraid?
1: You want me to start. Wow, well, you go ahead. Okay, so for me, I feel like I only know, you know, to come mm. to work, you know, eight to five, multiple mm. days a week. Um, so for me, is is that how do I find a work like life balance to slowly, mm. um figure out my next journey beyond Mm. um, just eight to five, Monday through Friday, Mm. work, 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 Mm. work. Um, And that's been, I fear that because I worry that I won't be able to understand a life Mm. away from um, Mm. being an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, So anyway, I'm really trying to figure out that work life balance Mm. thing um, so that I can slowly figure out, you know, what's next. What's next. Yeah.
2: Wow. Thanks for sharing. Russ, how about you?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. That was, of all the questions <laughs> you gave me, that was the toughest one because I really don't ever look at myself as being afraid of anything mm. to speak of. Mm. I mean, you know, mm. I, I'm I'm that guy that's like, it could always be worse, right? Mm. Mm. And so, I, you know, I don't know how to answer that question. Awesome. I mean, like if I thought I could go – I mean, do something that might be terrifying to somebody, like I go climb a mountain, like Mount Everest, if I had the chance, or something. I mean, but I don't think that's the crux yeah, of the question.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. It's a wonderful answer. Um, favorite place on earth?
1: It, it, Russ and I talked about this, wow. one. it was kind of fun. You know, we've had the, you know, we've been blessed with having the opportunity to travel. Um, you know, so. So if I were looking at places that we've traveled, um, you know, I would say something like Malta, um, you know, or Mykonos. Mm. Um, but truly, obviously, a blessing to us mm. is, a you know, a little lake in the middle of the Flint Hills called Lake Wabunse that truly mm. gives us our respite from, mm. you know, mm. our work life. Um, and Love we can it. go out there and just really, you know, hang and just be watch the sunset. And yeah enjoy
2: I love it that's awesome
0: yeah well Bunchy was the same for me mm. and just for those reasons and I mean and and I did I wrote down the exact three things that Beth-Ann, uh just mentioned Malta was pretty cool mm. but it takes a long time to get there <laughs> you know and then eventually you gotta, and then you gotta come and home And then you gotta <laughs> come home right um so yeah like so
2: well, we I'd probably say, won't be hanging there that's <laughs> yeah that's probably great. not uh, anyway. that's great when it's all said and done what do you each want to be remembered for
0: I'll go on, on that one um, you know I, you want to be left I mean I, I want to be known for that I left the place better than I found it I meaning the world and hopefully I made you smile
2: along the way I love it, man. Thanks for sharing. It's powerful. Bethann?
1: Yeah, I think for me, again, would be, and I've mentioned it before, is truly taking um, the wisdom, mm-hmm. the gifts that have been given to me, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur and paying it forward. It's not easy to be a business owner. Um, and I was really blessed in how I had the opportunity to start a business um, so therefore, if I could help somebody, uh, you know, take a burden off um, their shoulders in the future, um, I certainly would love to be able to help somebody. So
2: mm, That's so rich. I love it. Um, thank you all. I, I feel... I feel grateful for just the way you've taught me today. Like, and and again, I soak up your wisdom every time I'm around y'all. Um, but I know this has been a gift to others too. So thanks for being willing to share. How could folks follow along on the either the Brandon story or the Built story or both? Wow. I, I know you're <laughs> I know you're a heavy social media I, user. Right. So right. So, oh. so such a
0: heavy user. I mean, follow Built. Um, on LinkedIn, I mean, once again, it's back to your people. I have the mm. best people, mm. um, mm. and maybe some folks in your group, uh, <laughs> yeah, They do a great job mm. on LinkedIn, and that at least let you know where the that's awesome where the business is going for sure.
1: Exactly, and we want to thank you, Justin, for oh. helping us over the you bet last couple of years helping us, um, really understand how we can. You know, help our community oh. grow our brand, mm-hmm. um, and you all have been
0: a joy take to it work to with. The, take it to the next level. Well, y'all yeah. have a, so.
2: a beautiful story to tell, so it's been it's been a blast. So, um, Russ, Ann, Russ, and <laughs> <laughs> wow, I need another cup of coffee. Beth, Ann and Russ, Brandon, thank y'all. You're a, gonna a laugh. Ton. Yeah, what's at this?
1: a separate club that. We <laughs> have been in for years. They call, That's what they call them is Russ-A-N. Russ Russ yeah. <laughs> no joke. No joke.
0: That's why we laughed when you said that. Oh, well, good. It's I'm, like, gonna... I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's like, that's yeah. real. Yeah, that's real. That's, real. Awesome. that's awesome.
2: <laughs> Y'all are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.